Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast featuring candid interviews with unconventional entrepreneurs who are boldly building a business and a life on their own terms. I'm Willow, your host, media coach at Be Seen Productions. As a media coach, I meet you and your team where you are to improve your on-camera presence and storytelling. Together, we create engaging videos you'll be proud to share far and wide. All of the guests on this show have a really big mission and inspiring story to tell. You'll hear messy truths and unconventional paths of entrepreneurs who are showing up and being seen when we dive deep into that experience. I'm excited for you to meet my next guest. Okay, let's get to it. My next guest is Carl Gould, and I have to say he's definitely the most experienced entrepreneur that I've spoken to. I was really looking forward to hearing his journey and his path that brought him to where he is today. Because a lot of the time we see success, we think, oh, they've always been like that. They just woke up one day and there you go. So I always like to dive into the backstory. And Carl is a worldwide leading authority on all things business and entrepreneurship. And I think, well, because one of his claims to fame in his journey is that he's built three multi-million dollar businesses by the age of 40. That's quite an accolade. He is also a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and he was one of the OG life coaches training under Tony Robbins and then created his own certification program. So he goes way back into that world. And I I love that Carl is humble and I really loved his energy. He shares a lot of practical and insightful tips and knowledge. I hope that you learned something from this episode as much as I did. Okay, let's meet Carl. Thank you, Carl. Honored to have you on Carve Your Own Fucking Path podcast. Can't wait to dive into your story. And you by far have been, let's just say, the most serial entrepreneur that I've talked to. And maybe that's an understatement because your path has been over 30 years in the entrepreneurial space. Yeah. Let's go way back. I heard this on, on one of your podcasts. It was like, you were 18 years old, broke, with a broken leg. And that was your catalyst for starting your first business. So can you take us back to that point and really like, who were you back then? And what was your, who did you, yeah. What did you think the path that you were going to take? What did you think that was going to look like? Yeah. So, um, so I graduate high school um, and my uh, guidance counselor says to me, or I'm getting ready to get, graduate high school. And my guidance counselor says to me, like your math scores are off the hook. You should, um, you know, uh, University of Delaware has a great business program. You should go there. I had applied to a few schools and I decided on going to University of Delaware. And I really thought I was going to go into some professional career. I didn't think entrepreneurship mm -hmm. at the time. Okay. Um, but, you know, so I was going to school for accounting and finance. I don't know. Am I going to become a lawyer? Am I going to become an accountant? Am I going to uh, become, you know, if I gonna, am I going to pursue the finance fields, you know? And then I was, I'm one of 10 kids and I was paying my own way through college. I had a few grants, a few scholarships and a lot of loans, mm, <laughs> a lot, <yep. laughs> right? And so in my second year, I broke my leg pretty badly. And um, uh, two days before Christmas, um, as a matter of fact, my friend had to drive my car home because I, I, I had a manual I had a stick shift mm -hmm. car, <laughs> couldn't work the clutch because my leg was in a straight uh, immobilizer and then later a cast from my hip to my ankle, which was there for three months. 
And, um, and so I, um, so I, after some physical therapy and all that, I'm, I'm, I'm literally sleeping on the couch in the living room at, in my mom's house. And I was, I was broke. And then all of a sudden I start getting these letters and I'm like, you know, for this loan and that loan. And it says, you know, when you're out of school for six months, we assume you're done with school and you have to pay all this money back. And I'm like, you are kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I haven't made a penny in six months. I, I don't have any money. Uh-huh. Now I'm in negative money. I'm in negative territory. I have negative net worth. So I started my entrepreneurial career, negative net worth. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I have plenty of time to think. I, I look around and I said, well, what do I know how to do? And I grew up in the construction industry, both sides of the family mm-hmm. uh, had con- con- contracting companies, but I did landscaping through um, landscape installation work, design build through high school. I really enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, my boss had me go on certain appointments and, and give proposals. And I was actually winning proposals when I was 16 and 17. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, uh, why don't I give that a shot? Can't say it was my passion. Can't say it was like my dream job or like someday I'll get a chance. You know, none of that. Mm-hmm. So I start that business and it was really successful. Um, I found out that work was a lot more about hustle and mm. grit and resilience mm-hmm. than it was having an MBA or a PhD. Not that not that not having degrees wasn't important, um, but I found that nobody was asking me how many courses did I take in college? What was my mm-hmm. degree? Where did I go? It was like, can I instill confidence in you that I could do the job or not? And then if I did the job, again, nobody cared where I came from. Could I get the job done? I got the job done. Then all of a sudden, they not only were happy with me, but they told their friends about me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I think I get this gig pretty quickly. And so my, my landscaping business doubled every year until I sold it seven years later. Wow. Okay. And when I, when, I first, when I first got into landscaping, a lot of my family was like, what are you doing landscaping for? Should be in construction. I'm like, I don't want to do construction. You know, I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not really passionate about it. Wasn't tremendously passionate about landscaping, but I was outside. It was physical. I was working and I was mm-hmm. making my own money for the first time in my life. And so I sell the business and then I start a construction company and everyone's, and you know, when I sold the landscaping business, I wasn't tremendously happy. I mean, I was happy that I sold, but I wasn't happy in the business. So mm-hmm. I get into construction and everyone's like, you finally came to your senses. Good. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got into construction and I was even more miserable and it was mm-hmm. a successful business, but I'm like, Oh, what's up with me? I don't, I don't seem to like business. Maybe business isn't right for me. I don't know. And uh, so I did sell my construction company. I owned that for 12 years and sold it. And, um, but right when I actually was in my landscaping company, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and a few other personal development seminars, fell in love with the whole idea of this concept called coaching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I was a basketball coach at the time, um, you know, uh, with, a, with a buddy of mine. And, um, you know, we coached kids in the youth program and loved it. Right. That's so, what I mean. I like coaching, but that's sports. There's a professional right. coach, you know, yeah. and um, I'm like, what's with this industry? Most it was uh, 90% women at the time. I mean, women, although mm. Thomas Leonard and Tony Robbins might be credited with starting the coaching industry, it was really mm. started by women, built by women. And we would thank women for the coaching industry because really they're the backbone of the industry. 
And um, when I started, it was 90% women, right? So I was very much an outsider coming in, you know? Okay. Yeah, that was, you, and I love that you said that yeah, coaching was something, I mean, this is 30 years ago, roughly. Like coaching yeah. was, yeah, you're like the original coach, basically. NLP and, and everything else. So Tony, yes. did you, you trained yeah. with Tony? So I did. So I went or, through, I went through all of his programs, his mm-hmm. Unleashed Power Within and, and, right. um, uh, you know, his coaching academy, his leadership academy, all those. I also studied DISC. I also studied situational leadership, Franklin Covey planning method. I basically, and back then there was no like college to go to necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I took every certification you could imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of my f- colleagues joked with me. He's like, what certification don't you have? You know, because <laughs> I was a certain junkie. junkie. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, that's the, that was your only path. All through the nineties, I had a side hustle called coaching. And I would tell people, I'm like, oh, I'm doing coaching. And they're like, really? What sport? Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they said, it was something like, oh, you mean basketball? You're getting paid for that? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm volunteering <laughs> for that. I'm doing professional coaching. Like I take your business to the gym. And they're like, mm-hmm. eh, what? So I did thousands of hours of coaching for, like I said, Robbins, uh, uh, situational mm-hmm. leadership, Franklin Covey, all these different methodologies. So I hire a coach for my business in 1996, love the process. And that was the first business coach I was really around because mm, okay. I was an executive coach. I was a life coach. I was a results mm-hmm. coach. I was an interventionist. I did NLP. I did DISC. I did all this stuff. And I did it with business people, but I wasn't really a business strategist. Mm. So, so I start working with this business coach and I'm, man, I love this process. This is awesome. I can, cause I had been an entrepreneur now by the time 2000 rolled around, I'd been an entrepreneur 15 years, mm-hmm. only 30, I'm only 33 years old, but I've been an entrepreneur for as long as like a, more of my clients. Now I've got the coaching skills. I got a couple thousand hours under my, under my, uh, under my belt. And so I decided I want to go into business coaching. And now with my background in personal coaching, plus my accreditation, I come out and I am a business coach. Here we go. Right. And again, still, it's still young in the industry. And mm-hmm. I tell everybody I'm selling my construction company and they're like, have you lost your mind? Mm. You know, why, why in the world would you do this? And I said, look, I said, this is what I want to do. So what I want to do with my life. Now you have to bear in mind at the time, the job didn't exist. You know, remember a few years right. ago, social media manager, like, what's that? Yeah. Like that's new. Exactly. Like you want to do that? Like at the time to, to leave an established business from an established industry, the average coach at the time, full time made $23,000 mm. a year. Right. And crazy. I live in New Jersey, married kids. And they're like, Oh, well, how are you going to pull this one off? Right. And so, and there were no great answers. I didn't have the answer at the time. Uh, but one of the things that really bugged me at the time was that there weren't any great coaching systems. And then, so 2002, I come out of the gate. Um, I start earning, you know, decent money as a coach, mm-hmm. right? I start billing and all of a sudden it, it's now a full-time profession. And my other colleagues are saying like, how, what, how are you doing that? And I said, well, I wrote this whole system where you can come out, you got a whole system. The average coaching engagement at the time was three to six months, life coach, business coach. Mm-hmm. My average engagement at the time was a year and a half. Wow. Unheard of. 
It was unheard completely. of. Completely. Right. Yeah. And so I said, I said, well, I developed these two methodologies, one for life, one for business. Mm. It's got nine months worth of coaching in each rotation, 18 months. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I said, look, I'm no better at marketing than any of you people are. But once I get a client, instead of having to lose them and get another one after three months, I've learned how to get one and keep one for 18 months. Right. Now my average is four years currently, but back then it was 18 months. So I started certifying and training people. And I went to different organizations and said, I could train your people. I can make them the best coaches earning out of the gate, you know, three, two to 250 to $350 an hour um, and invoicing, maybe not making, but invoicing six mm-hmm. figures a year. And I learned under Tony Robbins, but then their company became a client. So oh, wow. I, yeah. So in 2005, 2004, actually, I was on his trainer team and I'm sitting on the production stage and I hear Tony say from the stage, we're a coaching company. And I turned to his head trainer. I'm like, I think I disagree. I think we're a, a training company. And she's like, no, I think Tony considers up a coaching company. I said, I'd like to put that to the test. So took a little time. So year and a half for a year and a half, I spoke at the Unleash the Power Within seminars. Mm. Um, and um, I did the coaching breakout session with Gene and, and we always had a trainer introduce us. And so that seminar still runs today. That started in 2005. Wow. They still run that. Sem- now it's a four hour seminar within, mm-hmm. the, within the coaching program. So, so I started to work and train. So I trained, I did training programs for uh, Tony Robbins coaches, the Institute for Independent Business, you know, the largest uh, peer-to-peer advisory board and, and, uh, and business coaching franchise in the world. So among the handful of the largest uh, coaching programs, I was the architect or contributed to three of those five top programs at the time. And, and so we're starting getting out about my certification program. And um, I've now since trained or certified or accredited or franchised somewhere in the neighborhood of 7,000 coaches uh, worldwide. And so that's when things really took off for me. Okay. Thank you for sharing that amazing story of, it's like you're in the right, right place, right time. I'm just curious about your confidence, confidence in general. Did it build over time? I'm sure it did, but as like just walking into these situations, it seems like you can think really quick on your feet. Where does that come from? Yeah. I mean, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think to some degree, yeah, I, I was blessed with that, with that skill. Um, I tell you, I started my entrepreneurial career really literally by accident and I felt mm-hmm. like I was forced into it. You know, I could have mm-hmm. taken a job, but the job wouldn't have paid me enough money. I said, look, I, I think if I went in my own business, I'd make at least what I would have made in a job. And if I can do that and maybe a little bit more, I can cover all this debt. I can carve out a life, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, but I had it, I had a, um, um, an incident happen to me in my second year in my business that really changed the game for me. So in my first year, I got, um, you know, I got most of my business and, and jobs in the beginning were from friends, family of friends, parents. Remember, I was mm-hmm. 18. I start going on my first few estimates. You know, people were saying to me, like, I don't know if you want to do this, Carl. Contractors have a terrible name. They never show up on time. They never start on time. They're not responsive. Mm-hmm. People were telling me for about three months, all the complaints about contractors. And I remember thinking like, wow, like, man, contractors suck. (laughs) I had no idea. So I said, you know what? 
I'm going to take these five complaints that I've been hearing all year, and I'm just going to offer everybody a guarantee option. So if you do the regular job with me, it's the regular price. But I will guarantee I'll start on time. I'll finish on time. I won't change the price as long as you don't change the job. I'll guarantee everything for a year. And there'll be, I will, I, I, the owner or a senior project manager will be on the job site all the time. And, but I added like a 35% premium to the guarantee, same job, but I just promised what you said was the problem, Mm -hmm. not going to happen. And I gave you the option. And what do you know? The guarantee option outsold the regular option two to one. That's what gave me the confidence. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm on to something. All I knew was people were responding when I addressed Mm -hmm. their complaints rather than me showing up and telling them how great I was. Okay. So that methodology, I mean, essentially is speaking to the pain points, which that's a big marketing tactic as well. So carrying through now you've had three business, three multi-million dollar businesses before the age of 40, right? So is the landscaping, is that one of them and the real estate is another, or is that completely different? I did. Yeah. So I did. So I did this with my landscaping company. I then did it with my construction company. I do it in my coaching company now. And I train all my clients on the same thing because mm-hmm. it's uh, your guarantee and your pricing strategy is a very quick way to differentiate yourself uh, from your competitors almost immediately. Okay. You okay. know, so if, yeah. So that was my, my next question was, how do you stand out? You know, as an right. Entrepreneur? So think, right. So think about, um, uh, well, how you stand out as an entrepreneur is you've got to, one, you have to address client needs. One, you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to address your, you have to address who your client is. Make sure that you're, you have the right message right. to the right client. You know, I, I ask when I give keynote presentations and when I, when I speak to audiences, I'll say to them, who do you admire that you would, if I could arrange a lunch, you would travel to go see and you would pay to go see. They don't need the money, but if they said it's five grand put to my charity and you mm-hmm. got to fly to me and I'll have lunch with you and you can ask me anything you want, who would be on your list? Right. And, you know, you hear things like Oprah Winfrey, Martha Stewart, Richard Branson, Mm -hmm. you know, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, you know, Sarah Blakely, you know, down the line. Right. And I said, so I said, okay, well, you would pay that because you're their audience. I said, you, as as a matter of fact, if you're that big of a fan, you've read all their books, you actually know what they're probably going to say when you Mm -hmm. ask them, like, what's your (laughs) secret? Right. You've read everything. You know what they're going to tell you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I even asked him, I said, what would your hero tell you? And I'm like, so why are you spending five grand or 10 grand or, to go? And I said, I know why, the, the selfie. You're going to get the <laughs> selfie with them, right? Yeah. So I said, imagine you said Sarah Blakely, self-made, first woman, self-made billionaire, I believe, um, mm-hmm. but uh, certainly a self-made billionaire. And I went to my daughter, who's a teenager, and I said, hey, what do you think? I can get you lunch with Sarah Blakely. What do you think she would say? Well, who the heck's that? She's not the audience, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. So, as long, so if you got the right audience, ideal client, avatar, persona, there's plenty of terms mm-hmm. out there. You, and then you'll know what's top of mind for them. And when it comes to a success, to stand out as an entrepreneur, you, have to, you can't go for the middle 95, 90% of their life. You have to go for what's the top 5% of their life and the bottom 5% of their life or business. And you have to live there. The middle 90, that's all your competition. But you have mm-hmm. to have the guts enough 
to make the offer no one else is willing to make because someone who's passionate about what you do is looking for that somebody. Somebody mm-hmm. who's passionate about watches, right? What right. are they buying? Someone's passionate about cars. What are they buying? Someone's passionate about vacations. Where are they going? So as a, as a entrepreneur, you need to be willing to fully commit to your client, right? Now, mm-hmm. most people don't do that. Oh, I do that. No, no, you don't. Most people don't. 95% of the businesses I bump into are doing things more out of convenience. They're not fully committed. And what I mean by that is I'll say, all right, give them a guarantee. Oh, well, well you know, if they don't take action, no, whoa, 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 hold on. Two seconds ago, you were the best thing since sliced bread. All I said is fully commit, give a guarantee. And all of a sudden you fold like a suitcase. You're mm-hmm. not fully committed. You're doing what's convenient. You're doing what's good for you, not what's good for your client. Your client right. has to know that it's going to hurt you as much as it hurts them if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to be willing to put yourself on the line and promise that and be resilient and mitigate the risk in order to stay in that place. And that's where the top entrepreneurs are, right? They right. occupy that, that upper echelon because they're fully committed. I love that. Okay. A day with you is 20,000. Yes. Curious, like what type of businesses do you love to work with? First of all, what lights you up? Yeah, so I work with the independently owned entrepreneurial growth-minded CEO. You notice I didn't say what kind of business. So we've gone out of our way to be industry agnostic. And the reason why is, um, one, being a generalist is the hardest place to be. You know, it's a lot easier to be a specialist. Being Mm -hmm. a generalist means you have to understand what works in every industry, right? Now, 82% of the innovations of the 20th century came from the front lines of another industry. Steve Jobs mm-hmm. said, I want to put a thousand songs in your pocket. So a computer company changed music. I mean, changed the whole industry. And mm-hmm. so, so that's the kind of person we're looking for. They're looking to either double their business or grow by a million a year or more. Um, and that's the kind of person that can consume what we do. And you're going to walk out of there, you know, you will, you will have more than gotten your value out of that day. As a matter of fact, I give a five to one guarantee. And Ooh, if we guarantee. haven't shown you how to make or <laughs> save five times the amount of the fee, the whole thing is free. Wow. You know, um, you know, I, I've worked with individuals. It's funny. I've done, um, I've worked with people who are going to be on American Idol, people who are going to be on The Bachelor, uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, The Real Housewives. Um, we've worked uh, uh, an Olympic uh, a sprinter. Um, you know, on the Olympic U.S. Olympic team. Um, mm-hmm. So we've worked with a variety of people. We've worked with individuals, uh, but it's usually a person or at most a small team. And so the TV, you're, you're on a lot of TV interviews, for example. So in that yeah. world, is that how you've met a lot of these people? Let's say the, someone on The Bachelor and things like that. Well, it's funny. Um, some uh, the person that I coached that was going to be on The Bachelor, um, she was a client when, um, back when I was a Tony Robbins coach, back in that era mm. in the 2000s, okay. when, I was off, when I was coaching for myself, but I was also coaching for other companies at the time. And um, uh, so uh, what I found is the brand building activities like TV, I write, I write for Forbes um, and, mm-hmm. um, and others. It's been a good, it's, it's part of the whole process. Like 
I'll either, they'll see me on TV and then they'll validate through Forbes. Then they'll call me. So I, I get the sense that they pinged over a couple of things before mm-hmm. we talk. So, right. yeah. so I, uh, so that's, that's my experience, what that's been. And then, and then um, they may have seen me on TV, but they'll say, I just read your article. And then later they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You were on CBS and you were talking about supply mm-hmm. chain. That's where I first saw you, you know? So right. um, it's been both a validation tool um, mm-hmm. and as well as a lead gen tool. Right. And what do you prefer most? Uh, meaning, which do I prefer to do? Yeah. Like writing TV and you have your own podcast, you know, just curious. Yeah, what, kind yeah. of, what do you like the best? Well, I would say I probably enjoy the writing the most. I love mm-hmm. creating content. Mm-hmm. Um, TV is a great challenge because it's a, it's a totally different style. You have to talk mm-hmm. in sound bites. You have right. 20 to 30 <laughs> seconds to make, you know, I, you know, the way TV works for those that don't know is you submit your questions and the answers, you know, to, you know, and so they want to know what you're going to say before they put you on a live broadcast (laughs) and, and they'll say, okay, we've got three minutes. You've got these six points, make them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to be brief than it is to elaborate and babble on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I find TV the most challenging Um, writing for Forbes is, uh, what I like about it is, you know, they say, look, you gotta be 500 to 800 words, which Mm -hmm. is very brief. You know, that's a, that's a five minute, seven minute read. And I've got to get across the three tips for this and the five mistakes for that, you know, in a hundred words. And again, every word counts there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always really enjoyed, uh, writing books. Um, I help a lot of people write books. So I've helped Mm. publish about 20 authors. Um, we wrote a book called polar bears and penguins, um, you know, fix it in five, uh, the anatomy of a comeback, um, where I were, I worked with somebody, uh, to bring their, some of their ideas to life. And I contributed as well, um, biz dev done right and others. So, um, I enjoy the creative process overall and, Mm -hmm. um, and podcasting is fun too, because, you know, everything else I do is so structured. And uh, this is, is great because okay. we could just, we could just talk, you know, right. we're just, <laughs> right. we're hanging out. We got a half an hour. We can let it rip and we, we can spend time on this and skip over that. Whereas in other formats, you can't, you know, that's such a good point. And so you have written nine books, right? Yeah. Uh, nine. I think I'm up to 11 now. Yeah. Oh, okay. 11. Cause I've co-authored a few as well. Okay. Are they primarily in business development, like more structured or is there anything that you've had more of a creative expression? Well, my very first book, I wrote a book uh, of poetry um, oh, wow. uh, with a light on. That was my very first book. Um, oh. But since then, it's all been business focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, it's not necessarily because I like business more. It's just I'm in business. It fits the model. And, right. you know, I just, I can only write so many books, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, they tend to be business focused. And, you know, the, the rhythm is, you want to publish a book every two years or thereabouts. Mm, and, okay. um, and so between that, you know, like a, a rock band album tour, album tour, album tour, you know? Right. So I do a fair amount of keynote speaking and I love that. And so write the book, get hired to speak on that topic, write another book, get hired to speak on that topic. Mm-hmm. So it's, it tends to follow that, but I have written a, a, a lot of material on personal development. Okay. You know, different your- training programs, different mm-hmm. webinars, smaller format stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but most of the stuff you'll see about me is business focused. 
Right. Okay. And then going back to like, just really more granular stuff in business as let's say a first year in your first year, what do you think is the most crucial? Like, or you taught, you talked about your first year in business, but for someone else, yeah. What would be the things to focus on? Well, first off, understand what business you're in. Number one, mm-hmm. you're in the marketing business. No matter what business you, what, no matter what your product or service or delivery is, um, you're, you're in the marketing business. In other words, it, it, it can never stop. You start mm-hmm. lead gen and sales, no matter how busy you get, no matter how much it's raining or how much it's snowing or how strong the sun is or how, how nice the pool feels and you see the phone ringing, you have to take that call. You have to take, generate that lead. You mm-hmm. have to post, you have to podcast or whatever you're doing on a consistent basis. You have mm-hmm. to market and sell constantly. It never stops. People ask Got me it. all the time, Carl, when does it get easy? I'm like, oh, I could tell you the date. You want to hear the date? <laughs> Look up the calendar, find the date that says never. That's the date. When you find <laughs> that date, that's the date it gets easy. All right. But there's no other day on the calendar where it gets Love easy. It. And yep. you're like, well, but I've been doing this for a long time. So whether it's day one or it's day 3000, mm-hmm. I still have to go out. I still got to put the suit on. I still got to go to the networking event. I still got to get out there. I still got to do the promotional work. Mm-hmm. It's just, you got to do it. Everybody right. has to do it. And, and if you're listening now, anyone that you admire, anyone you follow, think about what they're doing. They market now more than they did before, mm-hmm. right? Is that right. started to try to scale it, which now you see more of them. So that's the first thing. You're in the marketing business no matter what. Second thing is fall in love with your client, not your product or service. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, nobody gives a shit about your product or service, right? Right. You're there to solve a problem, right? If you say to me, if someone says to me, you know, like I would build a house and I would say, oh, the wiring inside the walls is going to be this special wire. (laughs) And be like, Carl, I I could care less (laughs) what wire you put in the wall. Does it meet code? (laughs) Can I get in my house? And when I flick the lights, there's a light come on. They yeah. couldn't care less, right? Mm-hmm. Can you solve my problem? You're there to solve their problem, not yours. Right. So you have to fully commit to their problem and make sure that you charge for it. So mm-hmm. a lot of people say to me in their first year, they'll say, oh yeah, but I, I'm just charging this now. I'm like, why? Because I'm just getting started. I'm like, well, they don't know that. Mm, you ever, you ever yeah. go to a restaurant, right? And you say, <laughs> um, all right, I'd like the uh, steak. How's that cooked? And they're like, um, and they don't know the answer. They're like, uh, well, um, I can go check for you. And, and then you'll say, yeah, that's fine. If, uh, you know, if you wouldn't mind checking and then I'll decide. And then if they don't know the answer, they'll say, I'm so sorry, this is my first day. And, and I just, mm-hmm. I, they didn't teach me the whole steak thing. And if you ask me about the chicken, I was hoping you'd ask me about the chicken. because I know the chicken. I don't know. the steak. <laughs> right. I didn't know it was your first day. I don't care if it's your first day. I yeah. like that meal. Can they make it my way? But people will give it up and they'll be like, oh, I just got started. So they're apologizing for where mm-hmm. they are in their business. You don't need to apologize. If Oprah Winfrey tomorrow said, right, if Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. tomorrow said, hey, I'm thinking of starting a mentoring program where I've never done this before. I've never made myself available to the market this way, but I'm going to start mentoring people. Do you think Oprah Winfrey would discount her services? <laughs> never. No. She doesn't need yeah. to. Right. Right. Be- now. So here's the script, everybody. You're in your first year. You're getting started. Here is your script. When people say, how long have you been in business? How long have you been doing this? Here's your answer. 
I've made myself available to the market in, in a way that I've never made myself available before. You couldn't hire me before because you couldn't afford it. I charge insert number now, mm -hmm. which is a bargain compared to what you would have paid for me in my last life. But I'm making myself available now because I really want to help people. I really want to see them get to the next level in whatever we're doing. I'm here to solve your problem. Here's what I charge. And do not discount. Mm -hmm. because what you will get Ten. is the middle 90% when you discount. Yeah. What you want is that top five to 10%. Mm -hmm. Charge what you're worth because they know your value and they're willing to pay for you, right? right. And so all it so matters true. is that, yeah. you know, look, if you think, it's funny, my daughter's 16 now. Mm. Five years ago, she says to me, dad, what were iPhones like when you were a kid? <laughs> I said, I said, oh, uh, wow. I said, Vanya, funny thing, I said, iPhones weren't even around when you were born. She was like, no, nope. get out. I said, no, they came around when you were two years old. I said, look, it's the iPhone 13 right now, right? And she said, yeah. I said, they do one every year, right? Well, you now know how old the iPhone is. She's like, get out of here. I said, so is, is anyone saying, well, I'm not going to try the iPhone until you've got 30 years under your belt? No, they're like, I, they stand in line to get the next one. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how long you've been out there. Are you good? Right. If, yep. if you suck, yes, discount your pricing. Mm -hmm. Lay low on social media if you're boring, right? But if you're mm -hmm. fully committed, if you're passionate about what you do, if you got something to say, blast it out as much as you can because the passionate people want to hear it. The passionate right. people want to see it, you it's know? So, and then the energy, the energy behind it because that's really what sells. It's, it, it, you can't fake that. No, not, you know? at, all. not at all. So, so um, yeah, you, you, and they'll, and they'll see right through it. The client mm -hmm. you want will see right through mm -hmm. any BS. Right. You know? Exactly. So, oh, I lost you on video. I think you did something just, I got some notice, but we're here. We're here. We're, <laughs> we're here. And I, yes, we're I don't want to take up <laughs> too much more of your time. Um, I, okay. So the scaling bit, I know that that's, you know, when you come in, it's like, let's get this business and scale it. What would be, if someone's in their business, maybe however long, it doesn't matter, but when would you say scale? Okay. Like when Great would they question. hire you? And I think my video is back. It's back. Sorry, my phone, my phone, <laughs> my phone rejected something and then my camera went away. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so when you're, so the, the thing, a big thing is to understand the difference between growth and scale. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you first start out, you're growing, you're growing your business. How do you know the difference? Growth requires you scale doesn't necessarily require you as the owner. Ooh. So when you're growing, like they want you, they want you involved. You're mm -hmm. somehow doing some part of the business and the day-to-day -day activities require you scale implies that you've built systems that you have people that understand and are aligned with your vision and they can mm -hmm. run the day-to-day -day operations and they can be the ambassadors for your vision without you, okay? Now, how do you get there? You need something called proof of concept. And so proof of concept means you have done whatever it is you do enough times that you know who your ideal client is, how much they're willing to pay. And I don't mean like, well, they pay me. That's not what I'm talking about. You have figured out what mm -hmm. is the maximum amount that they will pay you for your product or service and the maximum amount they will rebuy your service and the and the the quickest frequency. So, how much? Mm -hmm. How often? How frequent? Right? Um, you know how many times? Now you have proof of concept. Okay. 
Now, for a lot of companies that you, so if you're a single, you know, solo entrepreneur, whatever you're doing, you're making my, more than like 250 or 500,000 a year. Then mm-hmm. you've got proof of concept. Well, I coach people. I make a hundred call. I think I got to figure it out. If you're making a hundred on your own, I'm telling you, you don't haven't figured it out because they're not paying you as much as you could be charging. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. I'm not saying you don't have yeah. a good business. You may have a good business, but you wouldn't be ready to scale because you're not charging enough that when you put in layers in your business, you would, there'll be no money left over. Mm-hmm. So you don't right. know yet the maximum someone will pay you for your services. That's why a day with Carl started out 2,500, went to five, 75, 10,000, 12,000, 15, and 20. People mm-hmm. keep paying it, which means right. I could probably keep going with my price. I'm mm-hmm. 30 years, 20, 20 something years. No, no, sorry. 17 years in, yeah, 17 years in on the day with Carl, and I still haven't reached my ceiling. So I'm still, to some degree, proving out the concept on the pricing mm-hmm. side, because mm-hmm. I still get clients at every number, right? Right. So you've proven out the concept to the point where you're pretty sure, like, you've hit the ceiling of what you could charge. They can't buy any faster. And they can't buy any more frequently, right? Now you've got proof of concept. You, you have enough space there to create systems. Hire mm-hmm. people and fire yourself up the org chart, mm-hmm. right? Now, once you fired yourself up to visionary, so you're yeah. just chairman or chairwoman of the board, you tell everybody what's the deal and they do it and they, and they take your vision, systematize it and run with it, then you're ready to scale, right? Mm-hmm. So you can grow and you can be in growth mode your whole career if you want. And you may say, I don't really want a business that scale. I like my accounting practice or my dentistry or my consultancy or my speaking business, or I'm a, a mechanic, my, my mechanic shop. Totally cool. Or you're a contractor. That's awesome, right? There's no requirement that you have to go there. But if you want to go there, you need those, you need those uh, prerequisites before you try to scale. Mm-hmm. You just broke that down so beautifully. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I like to fire yourself up too. Yeah. Your job is to fire yourself <laughs> off the org chart. Start low. Yeah. Hear me on this one, folks. Don't, don't fall for that trap. Just hire a CEO and they'll run everything. Mm. If they're the wrong person, they'll hijack your business and you're not good at hiring people and you're not good at training them. So what makes you think you're going to hire the right CEO, train them, manage a monitor of them, and they're going to drive your business your way. It's not likely. Mm-hmm. I know it can happen and it does happen now and again. And if you got enough money and you got enough time, you can certainly do it. But my experience with the small to mid market and even divisions of large companies build from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Fire, you get, a, yep. get a VA that takes off all your admin, get a finance mm-hmm. person who takes over your bookkeeping, right? Hire somebody that can fulfill the order, then get another, then get a marketer, then get a salesperson, then get a CEO. You go in that, you go in that got order. It. Lower yep. risk, lower risk, lower cost. It's got a much more proven track record and mm-hmm. you'll thank you later. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just that nugget alone. Uh, okay. So you have, you have three children. Yes. Any of them on the entrepreneurial path? And would you promote them to do that? Um, two of the three, no. And I would not necessarily promote anything. I want them to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so what they want to do, I should say. So, um, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Um, okay. half of my siblings are entrepreneurs. The other half are executives of something. Um, so we were very entrepreneurial. My, both my parents were entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was bit with that bug. 
And I know that that bug only bits, bites about one out of 15 people anyway. So, <laughs> you know, if you look at it, one in 15 people are entrepreneurs. Um, so you have to walk into a room of 30 people to even meet another entrepreneur. <laughs> only 4% of businesses ever make it to a million dollar equivalent or above. So that's one in 600 which means yeah. if you're doing a million and above, you have to walk into a room of 1,200 people <laughs> before you meet a peer. It's not for everybody. So I wouldn't no. push it to anybody, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my one daughter is in so, you know, has a dream of, uh, of being a, a social worker and working in that field, and she's got her master's. My son is in the military right now. My daughter is 16, so you know, okay. we, uh, she's taken classes in entrepreneurship, but we'll find out. But I yeah. look, it's a, it's a bug that doesn't bite everybody. Mm -hmm. And I've watched way too many people and I'm one of them do work. I didn't love for too long mm. and it's exhausting. And I was miserable. Yeah. So there's yeah. the, the top 10% of everything out there makes enough money to have a positive impact in your life. Just go do what you like doing, or you're good at enough and you like it mm. enough to do it. Make enough money and that you in, and that you enjoy mm -hmm. and it's meaningful in your life and go do it. So I don't right. I don't want to push them in any one direction. Okay, just curious because yeah. growing up in that type of environment I think is inspirational. Or you completely go the opposite way. You just never know. Okay. Yeah, I mean I think I, and I don't I don't know. It's a great question because I don't know that what I do has either inspired them or driven them. But they've certainly gotten <laughs> the experience, right? Yeah. So right. they've been to work with me. They've gone to trade shows you know, and they've seen uh -huh. me work. They've, they've seen keynote presentations. They, they see the books, they mm -hmm. see all that. And like, I remember there was one time, um, I was with uh, my son and youngest daughter right before a keynote. And, um, I was, we were behind the curtain. It was a very large audience, <clears throat> very large audience. And I said to the kids, I'm like, all right, you know, I gotta go. I'm like, it's, it's time. I gotta go out there. And they just mm -hmm. looked around the curtain and they were like, holy crap, you're going out there. <laughs> <laughs> they were nervous for you. Yeah, uh, they were like, wow, better you than me, dude. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, like, and the very first time they saw me do a keynote, um, I said, Oh, I'm doing a keynote. And they're like, Oh yeah. What's that? I said, well, I'll be giving a speech to a bunch of people. And I think in their head, it was like me and five people, we get to this place. <laughs> and, and there was, I think a couple thousand people and we walked into the venue and they're like, wow, who are they coming to see here, dad? And I'm like, well, me. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. get out of here. No way. <laughs> Why would they want to do that? You know, like they did, they didn't get the concept. At right. Point, you know, and, then, so and cool. then they're like, oh, oh, wow. All right. Okay. See what you do. You know, that's, so yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I think they, they understand what I do, but mm -hmm. I think they understand it's enough to know whether they'd like to do it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, right. They're certainly very capable. It's just, do they have the appetite for it? Yeah, exactly. So this leads me to my next question. What are you most proud of? What comes to mind first? Well, I, I, there's a number of, depending on which category we're talking about in my personal life and business, we'll call it business, is that I took the leap into what mm -hmm. I wanted to do, even though the job didn't exist, but I just knew it was right for me. Mm -hmm. And I just re-engineered my life, you know, and I've been yep. happier, happy, happier ever since. You know, I absolutely yeah. love what I do. I love who I get to work with. I'm honored I get to do the work that I do. I work harder now than I think I ever have. And, mm. I, and I just love it. Um, okay. But I've also, I mean, I'm proud of my kids. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just, they're amazing. You know, and whatever part I've played in that, awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, 
you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of areas that I feel really blessed in, you know? Um, and so those are the two that come to mind. Yeah. Those are pretty huge. Waking up every day, loving what you do, loving your family. Yeah. You couldn't ask for anything more. So thank you for sharing that. What are you most looking forward to at this point? Looking forward to. So um, in our business, we're, we're pivoting a little bit and we're, we're getting more involved in our clients and we're investing in businesses and, 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 and we're getting more involved in the day-to-day operations of our clients. So that's exciting. It's mm-hmm. kind of the next generation for what we're doing. And, um, and so uh, to that end, we've started a growth academy where companies can come in now three times a year and learn mm-hmm. what we do. We just, as a matter of fact, finished one yesterday. So that was a ton of fun. And, and so these are challenging, fun things that we're doing right now. In addition to the work that we've been, you know, that are our, our bread and butter traditional work that we do in our firm. So, so that's, mm-hmm. that's been really, that's been fun and very stimulating. Okay. Very cool. And so, and you also have a podcast and, and that's somewhat new, isn't it? Within this last few months? Yeah, it's, uh, we launched it this year. Um, it's called the Carl Gould Collective and it's uh, inspiring entrepreneurs and subject matter experts. And the subject matter experts, we say, all right, you got 45 minutes to teach us something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care if you got bit by a wasp when you're a kid. I don't care about your story. Just what do you got? <laughs> teach the audience the hat they don't know the tip or the trick mm-hmm. right the ceos i want to find out what molded you what brought you to this day what were the decisions you made what mm-hmm. made you you and what continues to make you evolve that sort of thing mm-hmm. and also what are some of your tips and tricks um and so yeah we've had a lot of great guests and and, and again it's it's a ton of fun because i love this format where we can just mm-hmm. we can hang and and explore different topics yeah that's super fun so thank you and where can people find you? I know you have a few websites and LinkedIn, but sure. where would be the best place? Yeah. So you can go to my personal website. It's called carl360.com, C-A-R-L-360.com or carlgould.com is my main site. And that's the mm-hmm. gateway for all the things that I do. If you want me to speak at your event or you want a day with Carl, you want coaching or you want to turn your business um, into an Olympic athlete, we're there for you. Awesome. And all your books, Amazon, I'm assuming. Amazon, you can find them all there. Any one of the websites, pretty easy to find that way. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I just want to acknowledge you again for showing up and keeping it real. You're a wealth of knowledge and expertise and experience. And I'm just really happy to be able to connect with you and oh, well, thank you. glean you. <laughs> some information. It's, I'm, I'm just, yeah, absorbing it all. It's really, really impactful. So thank you. Awesome. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode brought to you by Be Seen Productions. If you enjoyed this conversation, find and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to go ahead and leave a five-star review, that would be amazing as well. If you're looking to elevate your on-camera presence and create engaging videos, check out bseenproductions.com or just connect with me directly on email, willow at bseenproductions.com. I also hang out on Instagram at whereiswillow. Thanks again for being here. See you in the next episode. Until then, keep carving your own fucking path. Thank you.